0: Hello, and welcome to the Remaking Your Mind podcast, a place where we deep dive into how reclaiming the narrative that plays in your mind through making small adjustments in the way you think can vastly improve your quality of life. I'm Camille. Host and today I'm going to be talking with you about one of the primary time management strategies that I teach my students. Um, I thought it'd be really fun to include it on this podcast because I actually did start a podcast for my students, and I thought it would be a good idea to share this information with you guys first to kind of get it out there and figure out exactly um, what hmm, format I want to share it um, and then continue on and kind of do a more concise version for my students. Basically time management is difficult for anybody. And so, you know, part of my job as a counselor is to help people just find more balance in their life and kind of create those healthy boundaries in the different areas of their life so that they're able to have a well-rounded life. Makes sense. Um, and so I teach students a system that uh, functions on this idea of minimums and maximums. And I feel like that could potentially be the name of it, but I also think that that could be confusing for people because they don't necessarily know what that means until I explain it. But basically, I teach them to create minimums and maximums in the different areas of their life that are you know, really important to them or that they struggle with having balance in whether it overrides a lot of things in their life and takes up too much time or, where, or whether it takes too little time. I think that uh, it's surprising how easy it is to... Be on an extreme, right? So it's really easy for us to work too much and not leave enough time for ourselves or enough time for socializing, or it's easy to kind of go the opposite extreme, right? To focus so much on ourselves and so much on. You know, maybe it's our personal time or um, relaxed time that we procrastinate and then we don't get our responsibilities done in the way that we should. Um, You know, or some of us are really good at dedicating time to others and like hanging out with friends and stuff like that. But we do so at the expense of other areas of our life that also need our attention. So it's really easy to kind of get lost in the different areas of your life that you prefer at the expense of the areas of your life that you may not prefer quite as much. And so this system is to help kind of level the playing field a little bit and help you feel more accomplished and more content with how you're approaching the different areas of your life. Um, One of the things that I have noticed being a counselor is that people easily feel guilty or ashamed or, you know, beat themselves up or they feel overwhelmed or, you know, there's a lot of negative emotions that occur when people identify the imbalances in their life. And that is part of the reason why those imbalances exist is those negative emotions will kind of make them want to avoid those areas that are lacking because they maybe feel insecure about it or they feel like they don't know how to approach it or they can't handle it or that it's too much and on and on and on it goes. And so this system is also designed not only to help you kind of establish that balance or at least attempt um, to kind of, you know, balance things out a little bit more. But it's also there to help you combat some of those negative emotions that are really natural to experience um, when you're just trying to live a healthy life and you're trying to figure out how to fit everything in right life is pretty full um you know no matter what age you are or what kind of phase in life you're in um filling up your day even if all you're filling it up with is tiktok and netflix and youtube you know or maybe you're a workaholic like me and you just work too much at the expense of not taking time to yourself Um, it's really easy to kind of get lost in whatever it is that you're doing and lose sight of maybe some of the other things that could have actually helped you feel a lot better or helped you feel more at peace with uh, your day. So that's kind of why, (laughs) very long rambly um, intro as to why I'm talking about this subject. So setting minimums and maximums, right? So setting a minimum requirement and then a maximum limit. Um, this is something that you can do in any area of your life. The two areas of life that I always start people out with and recommend is work, right? So whether you have a job or you have school, so work slash school or, and excuse me, and your, your self care right? Because usually one of those suffers at the expense of the other. Those two tend to be pretty interlinked. Um, so those are the two that I focus on with people. And then if they decide that they like the system or if they decide that the system's working for them, then we can continue to expand it onto different areas of, your, of their life. Um, but those are the ones that I focus on. So I will start out with kind of just defining what I mean by minimum and maximum, and then also talk about um, some examples and just kind of go from there. So a minimum, and like why I create minimums, is saying, okay, even on my worst day, when I feel like total garbage, and I don't want to do anything, a minimum is designed to help you even on your worst day feel accomplished and not lose total traction or feel guilty for the next, you know, week and a half because your day went so bad and you feel like you're now permanently behind by that day, right? So like people go through that sometimes where they just get burnt out or they get overwhelmed or they just had to just have a bad day, right? They just don't have the energy to deal with kind of the regular expectations of life. And so, Um, that day doesn't go, you know, quote unquote, as planned. So the minimum is designed to help you still feel accomplished on those days, right? The quote unquote, worst day. Um, And what you do is you say, okay, at minimum, what am I going to expect from myself? So like, no matter how bad my day gets, I will accomplish this minimum expectation, no matter what. I can feel like complete garbage, I can feel sick all day, I can be in a horrible mood, and I'm still going to do this x amount of things or maybe it's even just one thing um and so that way you can look at your worst day and you could be like yeah maybe I did have a crap day but I still accomplished my minimum right and so that kind of is almost like an ego boost like it's almost like uh like okay, yes but right so okay it was garbage but I still right and that is actually extremely helpful for your mental health and just for your overall welfare um you know, responsibilities don't go away just because you don't feel good. And so this kind of helps you, you know, cover that a bit. So when it comes to students or people in school, I tend to focus that minimum on the amount of work expected. So say you're a student and you have four classes a day. And in those four classes, you have I don't know, five assignments or something that you need to at least be working on that day. Well, a minimum is not your regular days amount, right? Cuz that's your regular day amount on a regular day where nothing is going wrong or very little is going wrong and you're just going through your day as what's expected of you. That's like that's the middle that's the middle bar, that's not the lowest bar. And what we're talking about is the lowest bar. And so you look at that and you say, "Okay, if my day Is four classes and five assignments, and that's the regular pace of things. What is the minimum that I'm going to expect from myself to still be able to walk away, even on my worst day, and say, you know what? yeah, I had a bad day, but I still accomplished something. So you have to decide for yourself what that looks like. Nobody can tell you what you can handle. You're the one who has to gauge what you can handle on your worst day. But recognize that even on your worst day, you can handle things, right? You are not fully incompetent. The world isn't coming to an end, right? There's not like even when you feel like horrible, you still have the capacity to succeed in something or to accomplish something. And so trust that, trust that you have those abilities, even when your feelings or your health aren't aligning with what you want them to be. And so, you know, I sit with students and I tell them, okay, you know, you have four classes, you have five assignments. Even if you don't even want to so much as get out of bed what are you going to expect yourself to get done on that day and maybe it's going to one class or maybe it's going to no classes but then getting two assignments done right like it's those numbers are going to vary from person to person but the number still needs to be there because that number is also not only is it covering your butt Right? So it's making sure that you only fall so far behind and you still spend that day accomplishing something. What it also does is it helps you recognize that you are not this powerless victim that you are somebody who has the tenacity, that has the resiliency, that has the skills to still participate in your life, worst case scenario. So this helps you kind of build up the momentum and build up that kind of self, almost like self-esteem towards your own abilities. And so a lot of times my students, you know, will go, okay, you know, I'll talk them through this, right? What's your minimum? And sometimes they include going to classes and sometimes they don't. And I say, you know what? That's your choice, right? It's not my job to tell you what that minimum should look like. But I do say, because it's school and you're graded and your grade is based on your level of assignments, make sure that at least at least one assignment is a part of that that number. Um, you know, so some students pick one assignment, some students pick three assignments, right? Like it, it varies. Um, and that way you know, like I said, and I'm repeating myself a lot, but it is the main point of this. You can walk away from that situation and say, well, I still did this. I still got this done. So you set a minimum for your, for your work, right? The same thing can apply to a regular job. Um, Obviously jobs vary quite a bit. So, you know, it's harder to do an example of a job. Um, Obviously, one of those examples can be you stay there for the full time in which you were hired to be there, right? So there can be this minimum um, simply through time. You know, if you're supposed to be there eight hours a day, well, then guess what? You're there eight hours a day. Um, You know, another minimum, say you have a job like mine where it's your job to talk to people all day, you can set a minimum on the number of people that you contact. You know, okay, today I'm going to make seven phone calls, no matter how lazy I feel or unmotivated I feel, I'm still going to make seven phone calls. And even if four or five of those phone calls end up being voicemails um, and only two of those end up being actual conversations, well, I still met my minimum. I still made the effort to have seven interactions right so that can kind of be a version of a minimum in a workplace um you kind of have to decide for yourself within the within reason obviously because you you know usually if you have a job you have someone you're answering to obviously you can be your own boss and that's a different you know different situation but um sometimes minimums are simply set for you you know there's plenty of jobs where you don't get to decide what that minimum is your boss decides what that minimum is so it's a little bit different um but the idea can still uh, apply. And then the other thing I do is I always walk people through minimums first. So we talked about the minimum having to do with your work or school life. And then we talk about the minimum to do with your self-care. So having a minimum set on your self-care can either be a time set minimum, like the amount of time you spend on self-care, or it can be a activity set minimum. Um, usually for people who are not who struggle with self-care who are not the best at um, participating in self-care I always go the route of activity minimum versus time minimum because for whatever reason I've just noticed this trend that people have a lot harder time committing to an amount of time than they do a number of tasks so even if those three tasks would technically take longer than say the half an hour minimum. It doesn't matter. For some reason, in their mind, half an hour is too long. That's too much of a commitment. But three tasks, well, that's not very many, right? And so I tend to lean towards the task route versus the time route. But that's just a preference. Um, that's not like a requirement. But what I do, um, like with students, I'm just going to continue to use that example, because that's the one that I primarily, primarily do at the moment, is I have them make a list of what they consider self-care. This can be the most basic of basic of basic things. Like this can be brushing their teeth and brushing their hair and, you know, eating breakfast and taking a shower. And, you know, it can include all of those things, those basic things. And then it can also include just things that they enjoy doing, whether that's, you know, watching goofy TikTok videos or, you know, panda videos or playing Xbox or, You know, texting their friends or, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, Drawing, painting, blah, 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 like on and on and on the possible activities that they would enjoy uh, go. And I say, okay, you know, if you're going to set a self care minimum, you look at that list and you say, no matter what, no matter even on my worst day, I'm going to do three of these things. You know, I'm going to. And it doesn't matter which three they are. I mean, it helps to like change it up, except with the basic self care stuff. Obviously, you want to try to do those every day. But, you know, let's be honest like a lot of people, especially, um, you know, dealing with the pandemic and stuff, mental health has been really going down. And self care (laughs) has been really going down because people are feeling stressed and depressed and isolated. And so, you know, they're not getting dressed for their regular day anymore because they're not leaving their house or they're not doing their hair anymore because nobody's going to see them right and so this concept works in any scenario but especially during covid where self-care as a whole even the basics are suffering you can say okay you know if you're somebody who used to get all dolled up to go to school or all dolled up to go see your friends and now you're sitting in your pjs and your hair's like you know a mess well then maybe you get dolled up even if you're staying at home maybe you do get dressed and look nice and brush your hair even though you're staying at home and that counts as your self-care for that day Um, so it kind of just helps people stay on track with investing in themselves and recognizing that no matter what the condition of the world and condition of you know their lifestyle they can still set themselves as a priority and it doesn't have to be at the expense of other areas of their life So that's what that minimum accomplishes is it says, I'm a priority no matter what's going on, whether I'm living in a pandemic, whether I'm doing remote learning, whether, you know, I feel isolated and I feel depressed, whether, you know, whatever, right? We have a lot of social unrest going on and it's affecting people and it's affecting the way that people treat themselves. And so this helps them stay in line with the idea that they matter regardless of the condition of the world and the condition of our society today. So I usually encourage that, you know, you base which, which activities on what you need right now. So if your hygiene is going down, right, if you've been not as good about the basics, well, then focus on the basics for a little bit. But if those aren't suffering, OK, great. If you are really good at always doing the basics, well, then don't count those as, those, as that minimum because that, that's your standard and that standard isn't going anywhere. So that minimum needs to be something different than what you already do or else it won't work. So, you know, if there's a kid who's awesome at flossing, right? Yes, it's still an accomplishment that they flossed and this whole practice can still help them recognize that it's an accomplishment that they flossed. But when you're setting a minimum, you don't set the minimum at something that you know definitively you're always going to do. You set the minimum at something that is just going to push you even just the tiniest bit. Because that's where that feeling of accomplishment is going to come in. That's where that feeling of resiliency is going to come in. That's where you're going to recognize that you have the capacity for growth. That's where that's going to come in. And so you don't want to excuse self-care just because certain basics are being met. So that's a really important thing to remember. Um So after I walk them through setting a minimum for work and then setting a minimum for self-care, I do the same, but on the opposite end, right? So setting maximums. So the purpose of a maximum is a couple of things. It makes sure that you're not spending all of your life on one area of your life right? And so, you know, there's for every workaholic, there's somebody who lays around in their PJs all day, you know, or, you know, maybe you're somebody who bounces back and forth from those two extremes. Maybe you spend, you know, three, four, five days out of the week, just working your butt off. And then all you do is sit there and, you know, watch Hulu for the next two days. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, um, especially if it's unavoidable, right? Because everybody has their different circumstances and different um, needs. But, you know, what we're trying to accomplish here is for you to not get burnt out, right? So setting minimums and maximums both accomplishes feeling accomplished regardless of, you know, best or worst day or regular day, but it also is supposed to help protect you against burnout. That's what the other side of that um, spectrum is all about. And so burnout is something that happens pretty often, I would say, even in a regular society and a non-pandemic culture. But especially now with the pandemic, you know, people are feeling really overwhelmed. Um, They're feeling really just exhausted by life. And so burnout is becoming more and more common, and it feels like every day. And, you know, I hear it from staff, I hear it from friends, I hear it from students, I hear it from pretty much any um, type of person, type of relationship that I have in my life. So this technique is something that I've been um, teaching people more and more and more. And I started out just teaching students. And now I started teaching my fellow staff members. And then here I am on my podcast, you know, sharing that with people um, in my life. And so the maximum says, okay, even on my best day, where I have all the energy in the world, I am not going to burn myself out and exhaust myself on one area of life, I'm going to put a cap on it. I'm going to put a limit on it so that I can continue to invest that energy in the fullness of life versus just one branch of life. So I know this is something that I really, really struggle with, and it's something that I'm very passionate about teaching others about because I've made this mistake plenty of times myself, where I'll have a lot of energy one day, and then all I will do is work, 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 And I will not stop working until sometimes like two or three in the morning, because it's like I have energy. So I want to get stuff done. I want to be productive. I want to use my time in a way that is worthwhile. And so I'll get really in my head about it. And then I won't spend time making myself a good meal, or I won't spend time, you know, just doing just regular self care stuff, or I won't relax. Because I'm like, oh, I have energy, which means I should be working. So therefore I can't relax, you know, or I won't reach out to friends because I'll be so engrossed in whatever, you know, latest project that I have going. And man, do I have a lot of hobbies. So there's a lot of projects to focus on. Um, And so I'm the first, you know, to fully admit that this is something that I taught myself and that I still have to work on. I am not at all perfect at it. And anytime I share a technique with you guys, I want to make that very clear that I'm not expecting perfection, nor am I claiming to have it myself. Um, But this is supposed to help you avoid burnout. So with working... You know, there's work like paycheck work, like this is how I pay my bills work. And usually we have very little control over the amount of work in which that entails, right? There's a lot of other moving parts that kind of dictate how busy our day is or how hard our day is. And it's not really something that most of us or a lot of us have a lot of control over. But how much we work when we get home in our personal life, that we do have control over. So set a cap on it right or maybe you're somebody who has a really hard time separating from work and so you know whether it's mentally or physically you're still working in some capacity even when work is over there are plenty of people like that um I also think, you know, like, that's something I used to struggle with. You know, I'm invested in my students. I really care about their welfare and their well-being. And so, like, even though, like, physically I'm off work, mentally I don't necessarily stop working. My brain, you know, runs and runs and runs trying to think about who am I going to check in on tomorrow? Who do I need to teach this to? Who do I need to figure out this for? Blah, 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 blah. And my brain just, like, spins and spins and spins you know, thinking about the welfare of these students. And so I can definitely attest to the fact that just because I physically left work doesn't mean that my brain stopped working. And so we have to, um, you know, be diligent about that and say, okay, like there needs to be a limit. We need to switch gears and make room for other areas of our life. So, you know, on your best day, you have... Tons and tons of energy. You get off work and you're like, oh yeah, like I can totally, I can get so much done. Well, then you need to set a maximum. And that maximum, again, can either be time or quantity of work. Um, so you can either be like, okay, if I get off work at five, um, I stop like working on whether it's chores or errands or projects or whatever, whatever it is your preference of workaholic is. Um, at say 7 or 7 30 or whatever it is right whatever you're comfortable with but there still needs to be a limit and that limit needs to be a good amount of time before bed so that you have room for other things whether that's making a good meal or you know taking a long bath or watching a movie with a friend or calling a loved one or you know something else that isn't work that doesn't require that work mindset and mentality you need to make room for those things and so um, you can do it by time. That's a pretty effective way, but it doesn't necessarily work for everybody because say you have that limit. Okay, I get off work at five, I stop work working at 7.30. Well, a lot of times you're not done with whatever it is you're working on at 7.30. So 7.30 will roll around and you'll be like, oh, just a little bit longer. I just need to finish this one thing or I need to get to this one spot. And then And then you make excuses why to stop like why to, sorry, why to not stop, um, with that task. And so you keep going and then you lose track and then it just flies by and then it doesn't work. Right. So I tend to, even though time limits can work for a lot of people, I know for me that doesn't really work because if I'm in the middle of a task, am I going to stop? No, I'm not going to stop. Like, that's not, that's not who I am. I finish things (laughs) or, you know, I get kind of pissed off if I don't finish things. And so, um, that, time constraint thing, I tend to just blow it off. Um, That's just me personally, but plenty of people aren't like that and that's great. So the one that usually works for me, again, is quantity. I say, okay, even on my best day, I have tons of energy. Well, I'm still only going to do, let's say, you know, three chores and work on one project or something like that. And so I'll, you know, take out the trash and I'll do the dishes and I'll fold my laundry and then I'll, um, you know, work on my, you know, resin business for like an hour and a half or something. And then I'll be like, okay, like I'm done. I'm done working because I did those three chores and the one project. And so that works way better for me personally than the time one does because it's um, much easier to quantify for me. And it also is like, I have less of an excuse. Like I had set things to check off, got them done, checked them off, like done deal. Um, so that's what I do when I'm trying to set a maximum. So, you know, what's cool about this is you play it by ear, right? So once you have the system in place, once you have these numbers kind of established, right? Like, okay, on my worst day, you know, I say I I have a really bad day, but I still, you know, I'm an adult who has to earn her paycheck. I'm still going to have to go to work. So I set my minimum at work. And then that's the only minimum that exists in my life. Like as soon as I walk out that door, like done, I am done with work. I am not working on anything else because it's been a bad day. And so all I can handle is my minimums, you know, or say it's a average normal day. It's not one extreme or the other. Well, then You know, I just do things as I do things, and I don't really worry about um, my minimums or my maximums because chances are, you know, on your good day, you've already exceeded your minimum. Like, that's the whole point. Like, a minimum is less than what you would normally do. And on a good day, yeah, you have energy, but you're not like you know this crazy machine like like going around. So chances are you're gonna do less than that maximum. But if you feel yourself hitting that wall, well, at least you know where that maximum is. You're like, oh, I'm getting too close to my maximum. Like I need to slow it down or I need to shift gears. Um, so it's actually a pretty effective method. I hope that made sense. I know I kind of talked a lot about it, but it's something that you can do you know, with both areas of your life, right? So I talked about work maximums. And I also, um, you can set a maximum with self-care. It depends on what kind of personality you have, or what, you know, your kind of default lifestyle is. But there are some people, and there's nothing wrong with this, um, who prefer to spend their time, you know, on on themselves and on self-care and on relaxing and all those things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's really easy for that to... Um, just like the other extreme, it's really easy for that to take over and kind of take up time that should have been spent on other things. Right. And so maybe you really like binging Netflix or maybe you're, you know, like playing video games for hours or, um, who knows, maybe you like. I don't know, going on long walks or something. Um, And like, none of those things are like bad in themselves. But when you never do the dishes, and when you never do your laundry, and when you stop, you know, eating healthy, because you're spending all your time on a screen, or you know what I mean, like it can really take over other areas of your life and make other areas of your life suffer. So you know, plenty of people who, Kind of default to a more lazy lifestyle can attest to it can be really hard for that to not create procrastination or not create, you know, unhealthy habits. And so that maximum on self care kind of protects you from damaging other areas of your life through laziness and procrastination. So maybe you're somebody who just prefers to do whatever, to read for ADA. I don't know, whatever, right? It doesn't matter what it is. Prefers to do something that is considered a self-care or a luxury activity. And you have a hard time separating yourself from that. Um, in that case, that maximum, this is one in which I would say a time maximum works better. Um, because you already can have minimums with work in place that can help push you, but then a time maximum can, can be good in, okay, for example, maybe you're somebody who really likes to watch a lot of TV. Um, you know, I can be honest and just say like, I love my crime shows. I love my science fiction. Like, like I like TV just as much as the next person. So you can set a maximum and say, okay, maybe, um, there's a certain time of day, whether you either stop doing those things or you don't do it until that time of day. So either stop or start basically. So maybe you're somebody who, you know, knows that they can spend too many hours, um, on a screen. So you say, okay, well, I'm not a, I'm not going to watch anything until six o'clock or seven o'clock or, you know, and you like put a time slot in and that can kind of help you not waste too much time on it. Um, So, you know, most of us work during the day, not everybody, but a lot of us. And so, you know, if your issue, especially if you're working from home, and your issue is, oh, I spend too much time on TV, well, then you can say, okay, um, you know, I'm supposed to be focusing on whatever other job I have going on at home until three o'clock. And I don't want to spend all of my time watching TV. I want to make sure that I work out or that I cook a healthy meal or that I do other self-care things besides just, you know, sitting there. Um, so maybe even though I get off work at three, I want two hours where I'm doing chores and errands and cooking and doing blah, blah, blah. So I don't turn on the TV until, you know, did I say three o'clock till like five o'clock or something, something like that, right? So you can kind of set time restrictions, set, um, you know, maximums in that way of like, well, if I know I go to bed by ten and I don't turn on the TV until five, then there's only so much time in which the TV can be on, even if I'm doing other things, kind of th- something like that, right? Um, I I'll be completely transparent. I'm a workaholic, so. I can like think about what that would look like, but that's not my issue. (laughs) Like I don't struggle with being too lazy. I struggle with working too much and then my health and my well-being suffers. So um, that's kind of the area that I tend to focus on. But I can walk people through the other area if that's, you know, what the struggle is. And so it's all a matter of like checking your lifestyle and then saying, okay, how well does my current lifestyle align with the kind of life that I want? And then you use this system of setting minimums and maximums to kind of slowly, um, slowly, what's the word I'm looking for? Like navigate, slowly turn, correct? I don't know. Slowly get yourself closer to that kind of ideal lifestyle, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I think, I've talked quite a bit about this, so that's probably enough. I hope this was helpful. Um, I hope that this helped you think about some of the different ways that you can kind of apply it to your life or apply it to different areas of your life to help you kind of create more balance, because honestly, like, you deserve your own attention, That's something that is really hard for us to understand sometimes. Like you are not a bad person. You're not lazy. You're not incompetent. You're not all these negative things that people tend to think when they think about taking care of themselves. You know, being lazy and being a workaholic are two extremes that create the same outcome, which is avoiding taking care of yourself. Right. And so while neither of those things are wrong in themselves, um, you know, Everything is about quantity. You know, like it's good within reason, but too much can create issues. And so, if you're somebody who works all the time, you're still avoiding taking care of yourself. You're taking care of other things, but not necessarily yourself. You are to an extent, right? I mean, like you're making sure you have a paycheck. So, that's a part of taking care of yourself, but you're also doing it at the expense of other areas of self care. And same goes for, you know, having a more relaxed lifestyle if you're always laying around reading a book and you know whatever um playing xbox or something there's nothing wrong with those activities but if that's all you're doing you're doing it at the expense of your own well-being You know, there has to be room where you're taking care of your responsibilities and you're making sure that your health is being attended to and that, you know, you're creating activity and all of that kind of stuff. And so we all have those preferences, you know, whether it's extreme or not. We all have things that we kind of default to and that we turn to as what we rely on to convince ourselves that we're okay. Um, And sometimes we lose sight of the bigger picture or we avoid the bigger picture um kind of at the expense of our own well-being and so that's what this whole strategy is all about is recognizing that we have even on our worst day, we have the capacity to take good care of ourselves and to continue moving forward and continue to build a life that we're proud of and that we can be comfortable in. And even on our best day, we have the capacity to make better choices, to not burn ourselves out on work and not burn ourselves out on a certain area of life just because, you know, oh, I got to take advantage of this while I can. Like, no, you don't. Y- yes, use that energy well, but there's a lot of ways to use energy well. Like, you know, cooking yourself a good meal or having a quality conversation with a good friend, you know, or going on a walk or whatever, working on a project. There's so many areas of life in which that energy can be utilized well. You don't have to expend all of that energy on just work, on just, you know, house chores or just, you know, things for, for school or whatever it is that you kind of have anxiety around or that you have insecurities around or whatever it is that's motivating you to let that area of your life dominate over others and at the expense of others so like i said um i hope that was helpful and thank you so much for listening and i definitely chose a lighter topic this time so um i hope that was a good relief for you and i'm sure i will talk to you guys soon okay bye